another episode of 699 per pound podcast mm. are a bi-weekly podcast where we interview professionals and leaders from a wide variety of fields and occupations we are back at it again at mm. canal street market at what, listening what? party what, what? and i have my amazing co-host giving some little ad lib today yeah yeah uh-huh. i'm jojo park uh, please like us and follow us on Instagram. We don't say that enough and rate us so all the algorithms can find us and all that jazz. But before uh, I ramble on any longer, mm. he is going to introduce our guest today. Yes, yes, yes. So as Jojo mentioned, make sure you like us and comment. Um, more comment, the better and the merrier. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest, Mr. Show Me. I'm not gonna butcher this last name, so can you say? Pawari. Pawari, show me Pawari. Uh, I met this gentleman um, when I was uh, a producer for a music video shoot for uh, Keith Ape. Yep. Uh, Keith Ape's Ichima remix music video. So, uh, you know, before I met him, like, I didn't know who he was, but after I met him, I was like, oh shit, you did that video for Ferg, you did that video for Rocky. Oh, you work with someone, so you work with the Clips, you work with Pharrell. And then I just kind of like, since then, I just followed his career. And then now he's doing work with Will Smith. He's doing work with the likes of, can I talk about Mariah? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. He just came off the shoe with Mariah. You know, he's, he went from like dealing with like rapper XYZ to now like doing Mainstream. fucking household name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like straight up and down global status artist. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's great to see him. Yo, see, he's so busy that his yeah. phone is going off. The- so sorry, I'm not even mad about it. I, I'm, I believe so that's sorry. Rocky. He just came home <laughs> from Sweden. He Shout out to Rocky. For our podcast. You know what I mean? So my man is probably like calling in right now just to check I in. I never do that. Nah, nah, it's all Yo, good. Yo, I always, I know that it for podcasts. I don't know why that was Nah, silent. nah, it's all good. No worries. But yeah, like, so with that said, man, you know, my man has his own um, media company, Elusive Media. Um, you know, he has like a wide array of talents and um you know production credits that is ongoing so with i mean i know i missed a whole lot no you're too kind no i missed a whole (laughs) lot oh yeah he's also representing virginia yes sir right straight up and down from virginia but you know relocated i mean not relocated but moved to uh, new york by way of jersey representing that whole tri-state so yo man make some noise for my man show me for blessing us at 699 per pound podcast Girl, thank you guys. Uh, I love doing podcasts, and you know when you hit me up, I was excited, man. I love them. No, yeah. I mean you. So you came across our podcast just through JT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always follow him on social media, and I'll never forget how like how much he hustled for us uh-huh. on the shoot we oh, did. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That was special because I know he just doesn't produce for anybody. So mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, we, we out here, you know, yeah. I was like, there was like, yo, we trying to do this in flush. And I was like, okay, you know, you got to who you got to talk to. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. how, how, how all that came through. But, um, but I mean, so since you mentioned, like I helped you guys produce that video, so we're going to go straight into it, man. I mean, um, 
I mean, I already mentioned all the accolades and all the artists that you worked with. So the listeners are already like tuning in. I was like, yo, what is this guy about? Mm. But you are a director and uh I'd say creative director creative as well. Creative director as well, right. Just um yeah, I direct mainly, but like, you know, Elusive Media is kind of like a very small production agency. Yeah. Right. So we're also very like problem solving oriented, just had a natural like skill for marketing, especially with the way I come came up in the business through Star Trek, Pharrell's label, you know, Pharrell and Chad. Wow. And so just coming through Star that label. Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> it's the reason I'm here, man. Like Star Trek's the reason I'm here. And so being under Star Trek, we had to do everything. Just like it was it was treated like an independent label, even though it was under Sony and Jive at the time. Wow. But um, wait, so you were working for Pharrell's Star Trek label? So yes, what, I was. What a were you doing? College there? rep at first, oh, 2002. Okay. I discovered these guys. I saw Pharrell and Chad on TV, BT Uncut of all places, mm. the lap dance video. Mm. I was like, yo, I thought Pharrell was Puerto Rican, and I I knew Chad was <laughs> Filipino. Just by looking at him, I was just like, yo, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. How come there's like an Asian dude in a video with all these like exotic dancers yeah i'll say professional um, term professional term mm-hmm. um i was like yo what is going on this dude's got like a light up army shirt i was instantly like i gotta do research i didn't realize they were from my hometown yet yeah and so wait that, so you found out that they're from your hometown after, after you saw the video I, after i saw the lap dance oh. video i had always heard about the neptunes didn't put the two together that yeah. i didn't know any already was the neptunes just growing up in Virginia Right, Beach. I mean, this is also pre, like, yeah. you know, internet. This is like, I mean, it was yeah. during the it internet, internet, but it was... But it wasn't that crazy. Yeah, you know? that's we didn't what have I'm no saying. YouTube yeah. back then. Yeah. So, like, 2000s, I see the lap dance video, and then people start telling me, yo, you do realize these guys are from your hometown? Mm. I was like, what? It's like, yeah, Chad, Hugo went to ODU, same school I was attending. I was like, get out of here. Are you, wait, so... And you were... They, there, sorry, go ahead. You were, go ahead. Were you, how old were you at this time? And what so were you doing? So I was probably 21. Oh, okay. Second year, second year mm-hmm. um, in college, realizing that a lot of these great dudes that were producing everybody you're hearing on the radios from here. Yeah. I was like, how can I get to them? Yes. And, you know, I was on the search, um, met uh, Mick Moreno, um, who's another Mick? dude who's, who's like. Mick? So Mick, uh, was, at the time, he was Pharrell's assistant. Mm-hmm. Oh, and again, okay. I was like, wait a minute. He's like an, another Asian dude, Mick's Filipino. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize there's Asian cats even in this business. Yeah. Like, you know? So honestly, that's what made me like have the drive because I wasn't used to seeing people of color in general, uh, especially of uh, Asian descent. Of Asian in descent. In these fields. Yeah, in these fields. So when I'm finding out you got Chad Hugo... Like, tied it up. Mm-hmm. The coolest dude with a Rolex. I'm like, yo, how can I get like this guy? Yeah. Because he's just cool as shit. I'm like, because he was always the quieter one. Yeah. But little do people know when you meet Chad, he is not what you think. Like, mm-hmm. it's the funniest guy ever. We've got so many memories. But anyways, they inspired me. I've tracked him down through other uh, college and high school friends. And that led to a, a college rep for Pharrell's label, Star Trek at the mm-hmm. time, which is now defunct. But... At the time, you know, and so Mick Moreno's who I reported to. Mm. Got you. And Mick had came from Virgin Records and then he became an assistant. He was like really doing multi multitasking like so you just all went the way. so that's kind of like how you got into the music industry. The music industry I got in through Star Trek. As far as I guess gaining some sort of importance in it, right? right. Holding some sort of weight. 
was them trusting me because I had to flip my computer science background into something worthwhile, I guess, that was fun. So at the time I only had computer science knowledge and Photoshop knowledge and things like that. I was trying to look at the positive because I didn't want to really be a computer science student. Yeah. I loved video, but at that time, I think I was more into the music production side. Yeah. But my beats were kind of whatever, you know? <laughs> It wasn't like the Neptunes. Oh, we gotta go. It back was to actually the like the Neptunes is the problem. <laughs> Everything I was making when I got obsessed with the Neptunes, I was just a whole lot of Korg Triton. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I, I was one of the early dudes that adopted Fruity Loops, just bootlegging the program. Right, you know, right, we have right, no money right, back right, then right, like right. that. So we just like I didn't have money to go to Guitar Center and buy equipment. So I and I was just a computer nerd. I mean nowadays when you say the word computer nerd. It's a different meaning because yeah. you have to be like deep into it because everybody's a computer nerd yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. The word nerd doesn't even exist, mm -hmm. right? So like back then, you right. were a geek if you knew how to like code and code and like knew how to do all this stuff. So how to do HTML, exactly, and, and all of that. So right. like going going back to the whole career thing, it went from learning everything. I had to know everything to make something out of myself because like I had to find a route. How did I enter? Yeah, being out of Virginia Beach and being you know, of uh, South Asian descent, how do you just enter the field? Yeah. Especially with your parents not understanding what you're trying to do, Yeah. you know, in the entertainment business. So I had to kind of learn everything. I was hip on the internet tutorials and stuff. So this is before YouTube. I was just like going into forums, asking questions, getting yeah. into chat rooms, just learning all the tutorials. So I learned Photoshop. I learned a little bit of Premiere. Yeah. Learned a little bit of all the tools. Yeah. I wasn't you had to do a lot anything. of stuff on your own, basically. Everything yeah. was on my own, right, dude. Right, I didn't, right. Take no workshops, no classes. There was no like mentor who's like, hey, no. do all of this and you'll no. get that. You know, I would say the closest were the guys around Pharrell were my mentors. Yeah. Because um, I said, look, I will get you coffee. I'll burn you CDs, whatever. Mm. Burning a CD at the time was a big deal. Yo, yeah. that, shit was, that shit took like 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? To burn the, one CD. Yeah. The first we got it for cheap mixtape for the clips came out because I told them I can download instrumentals they needed. Oh, wow. oh, so you downloaded the instrumentals, All instrumentals for, for that yo! and for Pharrell, for uh, his mixtape. So you low-key A&R that mixtape. Wow. Eh, kind of. You know, the, they told me what Where uh, show me on the credits. <laughs> well, then wow. I actually ended up doing, we got the remix mixtape myself because I, I was in the studio. So I told uh, Dan Bentoncourt, who was their engineer, I was like, yo, you think Pusha would mind if I got some vocals from them? Mm -hmm. Pusha was like, yeah, whatever, do whatever. I was like, back then... The clips didn't understand the power of the internet yet. Right. So early on, I got all these acapellas from them, from the remix, I mean, from the uh, mixtape. And so I said, hey, what if we created something called We Got The Remix? Mm. So I met DJ Benzi and Evil Empire, who's now known as F Boogie, that early. Mm. Like now this is like fast forward, maybe two years after the college rep stuff. Okay. They, there's more trust within right, the circle. Right, right. So you were like heavily in the music industry. Heavily the in the music part. industry early yeah. on. But doing small things. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, show me. Like, I need to scan a photo. Uh, you know, just small things like that. But, you know, me and my best friend, Philip Lee, uh, who's Chinese, also was in the same situation. Him and I knew each other since sixth grade. We both loved Star Trek and Pharrell and NERD and Chad Hugo. Right. So you guys were huge hip-hop fans. Huge yeah. hip-hop fans. Yeah. Huge hip-hop fans. Our parents were very similar, even though his parents were Chinese, my parents were, you know, Bangladeshi. Mm -hmm. Very similar. Like, we always related. So that's why we were like brothers. Yeah. yeah. We were inseparable. Yeah. We took the same college courses together. Mm -hmm. I would 
like kind of study for one exam and he would study for another and we'd help each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. were both. Yeah, like the original master of none. You know, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were. And yeah. then when Harold and Kumar came out, everybody was calling us Harold and Kumar. Because <laughs> yeah. here's like a goofy Asian, uh, you know, Chinese dude, even though, you know, uh, uh, you know, Harold was uh, Korean. Korean but, yeah. but still, you know, it was a very similar yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, everybody on campus was like, yo, here's the two goofballs on campus, yeah. like thinking they know music. Yeah. Right. And so, doing all this other stuff that's yeah. different, right? Yep. So can we kind of rewind to that time? So sixth grade yeah sixth grade and you're growing up you know with your immigrant family exactly you have no examples of anyone nobody remotely close to what you're doing now yeah so ironically pharrell's mom was our sixth grade teacher miss williams what? i did not know that till much later Wait, hold up so you late <laughs> this was fate oh wow that shit wow that's really powerful I, that's on another level and the crazy that's thing really is, powerful man. you know sixth grade i was only what three years into the country mm-hmm so, so you was know, straight up and down ESL. Yeah, ESL. You know, like, yeah. so, Me too. Like I went through crazy, the ESL program. Which was Philip, my yeah. best friend, uh, he was born in the Philippines as a refugee. Wow. Uh, so he was one years old when he came to America. They got sponsored through a church, uh, you know, through a missionary program. Um, that's how he got here. Mm. We just headed off because we both love Street Fighter. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, this of is course. like, this is 94. Beginning of many friendships. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, I remember... I was drawing Ryu. He's like, yo, what you know about Street Fighter? Mm-hmm. You know? So I was just drawing Ryu. And then Philip was like, yo, you got to like, after class, we got to hit up the arcade. Well, what is it about like that area, Virginia Beach, like that area so that you grew up? Those that you don't felt know. Like, not, but like that, because, you know, Pharrell and Chad, even that, the fact that like, that was very like unprecedented in the music industry. Like a personality like Pharrell itself was kind of a new thing in the music industry. It can like, only happen in Virginia. Yeah, like so. That, if you don't that's know, what I'm curious about. If you don't know, Virginia Beach. Okay, so when you think Virginia, you think the South, which mm-hmm. it is. But Virginia Beach is one of the most diverse areas for Asians to grow up in. It's oh, interesting. We call it Little Manila because, mm-hmm. like, mm. because of the army and the navy there, a oh. lot of Mexican people, a lot of Filipinos from the West Coast moved to Virginia Beach because the navy base was there. Yeah. So the same reason why Chad Hugo would be there because mm. his family his fa- came from the Army. In the, Army. The, Navy, yeah. Right. Yeah. the Navy, it's a Navy town, which is why it was so diverse. Yeah. And so, you know, in New York, you have diversity, but like... It's segmented. It's very segregated, segmented, yeah. right? Like they own, there's like very tribal. Where People kind of it's hang very out tribal. Whereas in Virginia, the Filipino kid would hang out with the Chinese kid, would hang out with the Asian, yeah. you know, Indian kid. And then we would hang out with our black friends and white friends. Yeah. It was actually like, and you were surrounded by uh, a Chinese family that's very conservative, dad voting Republican, mm. whereas maybe a Filipino family that's that way too. But then you've got a Korean family for some reason that's actually Voting Democrat, but nobody yeah. gave a crap. You know, like nobody gave a crap about what your politics was. Yeah. Nobody cared. Like we so, were all so, the same. So, so if anything, like NERD, because any, you know, for the listeners that aren't familiar, like Pharrell, when he came out, like he didn't have like the stereotypical rapper image. Like he was like into Asian culture. He was into like, Asian he was culture. Into he was animation. He was into Japanese culture. And his partner in music was a Filipino cat, which in itself yeah. was like, what? Like in hip hop? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that inspired us, but. Little did we know, Phil and I, little did Phil and I know that our teacher, our sixth grade teacher, yeah. was Pharrell's mom. Yeah. 
at the time, we thought she was joking. She said, yo, my son just did Rex and FX. Yeah. Oh, like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We called BS. I was like, yo, she's yeah. making this up. Or, oh, Mrs. What? Williams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Williams, what are you yeah. talking about? Your son made rum shaker. That's yeah. Teddy Riley. Yeah. You know? Didn't know what yeah, you yeah, know yeah, producer yeah, yeah. was at oh that age. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. realizing her son produced those records. Her, right, her right. Chad produced those records. So it was fate, you mm. know? Yeah, no. Nah. And what's crazy is... You know, my English wasn't that great yet. Like, we were just learning watching MTV and Fresh Prince and all that. Right, right, And all this little, you know, would add up later on, be able Mm -hmm. to tell Will Smith years later, like, I learned English because of you. Yeah, nah, 1,000%. Watching, it was weird. I was watching, like, Fresh Prince and, like, Sesame Street at the same time, even Mm. though I was too grown for that. Mm -hmm. But that's what was on TV. And neither of me and Phil also, we related because neither of our parents got cable at the time. Mm. We were just struggling immigrant (laughs) families. We couldn't afford cable yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, Asian parents would try to save money however they can. Exactly. Yeah, 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 and, you know, sure. I think the little we had made us dig deep into computers, although they would buy us computers. Yes. So in 94, we had the Pentium, Pentium computers none of our friends had. Mm-hmm. Right. So Phil's dad bought him a 486. I was, this is some nerdy shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, nah, 486. Before that, it was 386. Exactly. Like, oh, so Phil's like dad got doing... him the 486. Uh. My dad got us the Pentium. My dad was like starting to be, become like an entrepreneur slowly but surely mm-hmm. doing accounting. I was like, yeah, dad, buy us a computer. It was really because we could do, you know, gaming yeah. and download stuff, early internet. Phil's sister attended ODU, which gave us internet access, which nobody had mm-hmm. early on. But the, when you applied to ODU, you got like internet yeah. automatically, which nobody knew what internet was yeah. in 94. You know, so that was kind of a like early on hack for us in life to like have access to this whole technology, other world technology right, right, nobody right. had. Yeah. So I think that really molded us mm-hmm. early on because yeah. Bill was the one that put me on to MP3s in 99 or 98. Yeah. Right? So we were like hip. We were making our own mixtapes in 99, 98. Little did we know that was going to kind of mold our future. Right. So like yeah. our parents giving us computers, but not cable TV early on. It took a few more years till we finally got cable TV and got MTV, right? But before then, we were just having to do stuff on the internet, look stuff up, and yeah. like learn everything on our own. That's great. Nah, for sure. So, so I wanted to kind of wrap all of this up and go back to your career trajectory. Mm-hmm. So you are this like eclectic kid, has yeah. so many interests, have a great community, grow up with so much diversity. Yeah. You know, but some, you know, look, being a good Asian son, you yes. know, you major in computer science. Exactly. Both of us, with me and a, Phil. Yeah, with a diabolical plan to do something else. Yes. And you, from the grit of your teeth, you get this sort of internship or some sort of gig where with you're like. Browse label of all places. Exactly. And so, and, but at that time, you still haven't held a camera yet. No, right? no. You know, the little experience I had with cameras. Yeah. Are, my other cousin, who's also in the film industry, and he actually got to go to a film school. Yeah. He had a, you know, we just had a home camcorder. So we were just doing stop motion animation and filming our own little, like, rap videos on our own. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to see them. Yo, I hope oh, nobody ever sees them. But we were filming our own rap videos, just yeah. lip syncing to, like, Busta Rhymes mm. and Puff and Rough Riders and DMX, making our own little music videos for fun. And the other little experience I had was I was working at the beach and my uh, mom was managing my uncle's um, uh, souvenir shop. Yeah. But the souvenir shop had a karaoke thing. Uh-huh. So it was a, a green karaoke screen karaoke machine. machine. Okay. It's a green screen karaoke room. So you had a karaoke machine where you could do your own karaoke, record your own thing. Yeah. But we also had a, a it was a it was called video karaoke at the time. Okay. So I learned a little bit of video and green screen stuff 
through video karaoke. In your uncle's? At my uncle's uh-huh. uh, shop at the shop. strip. Yeah, at the mm. beach strip. So here people were like coming in, dancing to like 69 boys, twerking early. And my mom's like, I don't wow. know if my son should be filming any of this. Yes. And I'm like learning little tricks to zoom in and out and yeah. like do all this stuff. Okay. So here I am like kind of prematurely filming like karaoke rap dabbling, videos for people. Dabbling, yeah. And I'm like, yo, this is kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then at the same time, my best friend was like learning how to do web design. Best computer friend, Philip? Design. Yeah, Philip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Learning computer design. So by the time we graduated, both of us discovered NERD. Mm-hmm. And we said, yo, man. Secretly, we both made a pact to said, yo, there's no way in hell we're going to become computer scientists. Like, mm-hmm. this is not our fate. I'm seeing Pharrell and all these guys get rich off of this music shit. And yeah. they're like different, you know. Um, and so, so I was like, there's inspired. no. Yeah, we were inspired. It sparked something in us. And so the next best thing was Phil and I both became uh, college reps for... Uh, Star Trek, and then that was upgraded to internship. Yeah. And then they were throwing us into crazy stuff. Like, they were, like, not only just, like, college reps simply repping, like, Star Trek at at the campus. They were Mm -hmm. having us burn stuff that was becoming their mixtape. Mixtapes and all that. And then Phil and I were doing photo shoots for the clips. Yeah. Which became their mixtape covers. That's oh, crazy. wait, hold up. The one with, like, Ad Liva and all of them in front of the Yes, yes. All this stuff. So we were doing... We were doing uh, photo shoots. We were like looking at, oh, who is this? This is a big time photographer and we shattered him for a day. He did the Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt cover. Uh, John Mannion? John Man- so Jonathan Mannion, we were shadowing him when he was doing photos for oh the clips. Oh my gosh, yeah. Early. So That's I'm just crazy. soaking it all in. We're lucky. We're soaking it all in. Because if you were going to shoot something with the clips, you had to come to VA. Yeah. So we were lucky and we were one of the few yeah. guys rolling with the clips that time. Mm. And then... I so basically, basically so, like this opportunity got yeah. you exposure into exposure this world. to the business I would have mm-hmm. never seen yeah. that would have right. never happened in Virginia Beach of yeah. all places, right? And then I remember mm-hmm. Petty Riley had Future Studios, and I was gonna possibly also intern there. But at the time, we're like, eh, I'm kind of sick of interning. I need to make some money. I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't know you could like make money off of this either. Really off of the Photoshop and all that. What happened was Phil and I, we were trying to sell our beats, so we were managed by Magoo, of Timbaland and Magoo. Wait, hold up. How did that okay, happen? So it's a lot of like nerdy music knowledge that is being like told right Yeah, here. it might be inside baseball it's for some of our listeners. It's very inside yeah. baseball, yeah. but okay, so everybody knows Timberland. Timberland, yes. Timberland, like, you know, he's also from Virginia. Um, yeah. Timberland had a, a music or a rap partner named Magoo. They did a lot of albums together. So that's the Magoo that's shown me. That was our only knowledge of music coming out of VA before we discovered the Neptunes. But that felt impossible because seeing a video with Missy with all the fire in the background. the The crazy Ferrari through the tunnel and all this crazy stuff. was like, okay, we're never going to achieve that. So watching Tim and Magoo was inspiring, but not in a way Pharrell and Chad was in their bikes. Mm. Seeing Pharrell and Chad skateboard and bike and wear cool streetwear, that was relatable. That was attainable. Yeah. Whereas seeing Timbal and Magoo, who we loved and worshipped, it didn't seem as attainable. It, yeah. I'm sure it still was inspiring to everybody else. And it was inspiring for us, but it wasn't inspiring as in like, this is reality. Yeah. Seeing Pharrell and Chad was reality for yeah. us. Right. Yeah. You know? And then Magoo kind of managing us gave me some crazy advice that helped me out because I... Gave all these beats to Magoo. Like, yo, your beats are cool, but who did your website? Mm. I was like, oh, it was me and Phil. It's like, kid, get in this world of yeah. doing web design, 
for all these celebrities that you now have connections to because yeah. they're probably not going to rap on your beats. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You might be right. So, we, so Magoo was the one that told you, yo, Gave me the best advice. Like, stop fucking selling beats and go into working for artists in another route. Another yeah. route, gotcha. which was the best advice ever mm-hmm. coming from Magoo. Because like, so then I said, okay, let's reshift our gears here. Let's go up to the clips. Let's go up to Family, who just got signed to Pharrell as well. So right. Family's another yeah. like low-key Star legend Trek, from the area. Star, Star Trek, Trek artist. Yeah, artist. Yep. You know, so we offered them to do free websites. Yeah. Free wow. album covers, mixtape covers. So we ended up doing Family's mixtape cover. And I was like, yo, this stuff's everywhere now on the internet. Internet's starting to blow up now in 2002. I offered to do DJ Drama, a website for $25. Mm. I was oh, still wow. in college. DJ and Drama. that's when Trout came out. The Lil Wayne, the first mixtape. Yeah, 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 for sure. Drama, we did the... So you guys were kind of like being hustlers in the sense we that hustling. you guys were giving people out a first taste of the drug. Yes. So you could kind of like $25, them in, free, whatever. Yeah. Suck them Just in for the future. Let's do it. Right. Building a portfolio without realizing that's what we were doing. Right. Yeah. So, so I want to back it up real quick. Yes. Because when it's all said like this, it all sounds like so lucky and it's like, this doesn't happen to people. You know, it's luck mixed with having like the hustle though. I was going to say. so. What, I mean, luck alone won't do it. Exactly. Because, you know, a lot, I'm sure there were more people who were college reps and more people who have come through those doors. Like what really separated you um, and, and Philip shouts? Two, two things. Yeah. One, having that same immigrant mentality of seeing your parents work their asses off. Mm. Yeah. So we still, okay, like my parents didn't understand, neither of our parents understood what the hell we were doing. Yeah. But we worked who are hard just kids? like them. Yeah. We stayed up all night learning tutorials. Yes. This is before YouTube, like figuring shit out, like learning how to code things, learning how to make these websites. So here we are, when Clips had a label issue, we made their like fan website Yeah. that became more of an official website that people were going to. Wow. So when we were on the Star Trek forums, we were the kids that were like at the studio filming stuff on a DV tape, mm-hmm. digitizing it. Like I said, like having all this computer science knowledge, we flipped it to the entertainment stuff. So we were like a multimedia company, kind of low key, like building a multimedia company without realizing that's what we were doing. So by the time we graduated, my parents were like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I was like, because we don't understand what you're doing now. Yeah. Like yeah. you graduated, cool, congrats, but what are you going to do? Phil and I, we were doing websites, yeah. mixtape covers, flyers, used all that money. We had 9,000 stacked up, which was a lot of money when you're a kid. Yeah, exactly. Coming out of college. Yeah. Like 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. 22 sure. years old. We had $9,000. We got a studio. Wow. Like uh, a music like a, studio? Not a music studio, but, but we like used it as everything. But like a right. multimedia studio, yeah, yeah. which was a very unheard of in Virginia Beach. Mm. Like, But at the same time, we knew the kind of clientele that was going to come in. Yeah. So we had kids that were starting to be our fans. So we had interns. Oh my God, that's so cool. That were like, so wanted to get close to, yeah. yeah, that wanted to get close to, uh, you know, Pusha T or whoever, yeah. kids that wanted to also make beats. Yes. They were our interns. And so we utilized like the celebrity clientele that was starting to come in Yeah. to like do business. But again, like we weren't really understanding what an invoice was, things like that. Yeah. Till it really hit me one day where Pharrell needed a website uh, for BBC Ice Cream and Pepsi. Yeah. It was a collab they did. Ooh, oh, wow. Okay, so I remember that. We made a collab website where we made our, before so, Kanye so. University, we made like our own little Virginia Beach interactive website wow. for Pharrell and uh, Who paid Dad. a bill for that? Pepsi did? So check this out. Yeah. We made this website with no contract. And here I am like 
oh, we took on a studio. We got all these expenses. We're like living check to check, flyer to flyer, yeah. website to website, really cheap. So we didn't know how much to charge. We had a third business partner come in who I really now appreciate at the time. We were like, oh man, this dude was like a hustler, yeah. took advantage. But now realizing it, he was actually super savvy in the streets and understood how to like really right. and hindsight, get our worth. Hindsight, and hindsight, now hindsight, like, back he it. actually understood so the math. He was like, yo, let's charge him 30 grand. I was like, yeah. get the hell out of here. 30 grand, he's never going to pay that. Yeah. We sent the invoice out for 30 grand. In five days, Pharrell wired us 30 grand wow. for five days worth of work. I mean, at the Yo, time. Yo, that's some white man shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, seriously. <laughs> no, yeah. My dad is like, what the hell is this? Why did, yeah. you just, why did this 30 grand get wired to your account? Yeah. Like, dad, I told you we're like doing cool shit <laughs> and it can get us paid. My dad's like, all right, son, you're doing something now. Yeah. You know, it ain't till the first they check. They changed their tune when they, they changed their tune. All of a sudden, from like, $25 website to a 30 grand so here website. Here we are, 23 now. My first big check from Pharrell was this $30,000 that they wired us. And they're like, oh, no problem. I thought it was going to be more. It's like, shit, shit. you could have charged more? <laughs> I mean, at the time, Pharrell was charging, what, $200,000 for easily. a beat? Well, you know what I mean? Easily. Oh, yeah, it was. It was actually $200,000 yeah, for a beat. Yeah. And the Pepsi that was deal, a very famous the Pepsi story. The they did was for a can. It was a Pepsi BBC, can. like, printed, right? So here right? we are now, Collab, yeah. finding out about Nigo, yeah. another, like, Asian dude in streetwear. I'm like, yo, there's somebody in fashion like Nigo that Pharrell works with. So they did the BBC collab. So here we are getting inspired, like more people like us starting to find out about yeah. early 2000s. So it's energizing us even more. So me and Phil are like, oh, we should do clothing now. So we're trying to do everything. Wow. It's just in That's us. That's our like, mini business. Yes. Mm. So then we did a clothing line that was inspired by Bape and uh, BBC. No. So here's the story. Play clothes came out of our bedroom. What? I designed. So, okay. Okay. No, no, so, so, so not like, so show yeah. show. I, I just don't, cause so just to kind of like give you a breakdown. I mean, we don't have to put this in the interview, but like our listeners are definitely have like people from our world, but yeah. we also have like people that aren't too familiar. So yeah. I do need to kind of like chime in to kind of break bit. down a little yeah. bit what's going School on. With the culture. So BBC was Pharrell's clothing brand, which uh, yeah. still exists. Here, um, I was thinking BBC, like the new. Yeah. No, no, see, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we come from different worlds. Yeah. So yeah, it's BBC, um, it's a billionaires boys, boys club. club. So it's mm -hmm. like a very famous streetwear yeah. brand. Uh, that Pharrell uh, spearheaded. Nigo is the founder of Bape, which uh, he cashed out as now owned by a Chinese company, yeah. but at the time he was the face of the company. Uh, Playcloth, Playcloth. Um, you can say it both ways. Yeah. You're kind of, that's why we purposely spelled so, it like that. So Playcloth, um, it kind of has the DNA of like BBC and Bape. 100% does. Uh, it was basically Clips. Is a uh, brand. Clips is brand. So Clips what happened was is, uh, is a yeah. duo, is a is a rap duo from Virginia Beach signed that right. was signed by Pharrell. Ah. So yeah, so that kind of breaks. So yeah. whereas Pharrell and, is and like they were a, also looked at as like dudes from the streetwear scene, like because yeah. Push and uh, Malice from the Clips were rocking head to toe bait. Mm -hmm. Right. So they had pieces everybody were coveting, you know. Yeah. And so I remember Push was the first guy I ever saw with a ten deep shirt. Uh -huh. And another thing about Virginia history is we were one of the first guys to really get these crazy boutiques. So little do you know, Omar Commonwealth of Commonwealth was also from Virginia Beach. So yeah, JoJo doesn't know who these people are. All good. So even if you like All explain good. it to her, she's not gonna fully get it. But anyways, yeah. So like you know, Omar is also Filipino. So, and so Omar's that, Filipino, yeah, that all makes and sense. he yeah. was like a streetwear god. Like mm. he did Mecca's logo. He did the Ten Deep logo. Yeah, for like, sure. A, 
uh, alphanumeric logo. So yeah, these are all like old school, legendary like street legendary streetwear brands. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, you guys were doing yeah. stuff for clay, play cloth. Yeah. So before I even had a studio, when I was still in the college phase, Doug Life, who really brought me into the Star Trek family, Doug Life and Pusha T were best friends. And Doug Life is the guy that used to take for out band practice at NERD era, like early NERD when they were still in like, you know, high school, college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Doug was like my plug to the Star Trek to mm-hmm. begin with anyways. So Doug took me in, was a mentor, schooling me in a lot of things and just giving me the pass. Yeah. And so Doug was like, yo, I want to do this clo- clothing line with uh, Pusha, very inspired by um, These Japanese, Beach, yeah. the yeah, Japanese, Japanese lines. Uh-huh. So yeah. we were doing early mock-ups. And at the time, there was another line named Schmack that came out of Virginia Beach that we did a website for. So I built a connection with this other um, urban streetwear kind of thing called Azure, Indigo Red. All this stuff was coming out of Virginia Beach. So Virginia Beach was heavy in the urban clothing uh, market. When I say urban clothing, that's different from streetwear because urban clothing was more like, I would say, a coup, stuff like that, right? Right, right, Academics. So academics came out of Virginia, too. Yeah. So a lot of stuff was coming out of Virginia that was fashion world. Wow. So I didn't even know academics came out of yeah. Virginia. Yeah, two guys from Don Hampton U. Yeah. You Don. Guys, you're yeah, like Don. the mayor. You're like the mayor of Virginia <laughs> Those Beach. Those guys, yeah. really for us, the mayor, yeah. we're like... Right. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because you, like, you... I mean, not a lot of people can make connections, like authentic connections I know. like this. These are all authentic connections. So My how, life has all been your, authentic what's connections. What's your secret? Like, Be- our secret is, I think, coming in, not being fake. You know, it's just like, let's be friends. Let's... It's this like really, um, really how to say hospitality vibes, mm-hmm. right? When you used to come to our That's studio the back Asian then, mm-hmm. yeah. When you came to our studio back then, it wasn't about money. We never talked about money. Yeah. It's like, what can we do to help you? Yeah. So Skills, who was the first rapper to come out of Virginia to get signed, yeah, was also our client. Yeah. So we were building this like, if you were somebody out of VA, yeah, you were coming to our studio to get your media done. Mm. And then so you guys so basically had a created ecosystem. a yeah we had this ecosystem and so you guys created a so hub. a lot of talent was coming out of there you know um, these guys Rebel E which Drum was part of so a lot of, we were also starting to kind of mentor younger generation that became something now I guess looking back at it but we were mentoring a lot of kids at the time um, the next generation after Pharrell was us and there was another generation yeah. after us yeah so we were the guys that inspired a lot of other production companies to start popping up in Virginia Beach. So a lot of other kids started seeing what we were doing and said, yo, I want to pick up a camera. Yeah. Let's talk about the first professional experience, but also let's go back to your point, Jojo, about like the differences of roles in yeah. like a set. You know what I mean? Because you didn't start off day one as a director. No, exactly. heck no. Yeah. I was, so as I said before, I was on set um, filming behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Saw Jonathan, Jonathan Mannion filming the clips. I was with Zynga Stewart, who became a pretty big director. Uh, filming family with Pharrell. So I was getting paid to film behind the scenes. Me and Phil were. Yeah. So we were getting paid to film behind the scenes, but we were absorbing everything. Like, oh, how do they do this? But how can we do this? Because even then they were still shooting on film. Yeah. And we oh, were wow. shooting on like uh, digital slash tapes. It was mm. digi tapes. Right, right. So, and, and so we came up in an era where YouTube was slowly starting to come out. Right. So when YouTube came, I said, yo, we can like shoot local rappers and put them on YouTube um, put them on YouTube so luckily a local rapper we knew happened to be famous mm-hmm. which is the clips so Pusha I remember I'll never forget Pusha said yo come to this um, 
shoot with Kanye we got called kind of like a big deal. Oh, so that happened in like 06, 07, right? So no, that was oh. So this is now 2009. Right. And that, so, they shoot that on shot they shot that in Harlem, no? They in shot Brooklyn. it in Brooklyn. Yeah, they I shot remember. Shot in Brooklyn. I That's remember. where I met Ferris Bueller, all these other yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Curtains, all these guys I met. But um so I was still filming behind the scenes. Nobody really took us. We were doing like music videos, but nobody took them seriously. I don't think Pusha trusted us yet. But when he saw the behind the scenes we did, he said, yo, this is dope. Yeah. Show me. Why don't we just buy you a camera? So our first real chance so came. So Pusha from, bought you a pu- camera. Pusha and Malice bought me a 7D. Oh, wow. that's they kind of. bought me a 7D. That's a flex. And Your that, first camera came from Pusha T. Yes. Yeah, is that is that real, somewhere? <laughs> you know what? I think I still have it somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Actually, I still dope. have it somewhere. That's yeah. pretty really? dope. So here they are. Yeah. They bought me my first like real camera. We, we had cameras. We had like little cameras on tapes. Yeah. But they bought me the 7D, which like took us to another level because when we shot a video for the clips called um, Doorman, yeah, that was before the 7D. We borrowed a camera from a friend and they were impressed by what we did for Doorman. We did a video called Doorman off um, their third album. And Donald Glover hit me up on Twitter. He's like, yo, this is hard. So Donald Glover followed me. Oh, wow. On Twitter. Wow. Wait, so... Okay, so because people weren't used to seeing digital videos like that, right? So because on YouTube, just so like the listeners and everybody here yeah. like could kind of get the context, like Clips wasn't just a local rapper mm. by the time the third album came out. Like Clips Legendary. had like a platinum album. Like, yeah, their first album yeah. went platinum. Their Grinding. second album, um, fucking Mr. Legendary. Me Too, like all those albums were already platinum. By the time it came to the third album, they were kind of going for more of an independent route. Was, yeah, was that right? Kind of. So- well, no. So they were. Here's the issue. Second album, they had a lot of label, label dramas, so they were doing mixtapes. And so by the, th- the third album came, they figured out, like, hey, we can't really rely on labels. Let's do everything on our own. Exactly. So they were still coming out on Star Trek. You know, Pharrell supported them 100% on the production side. On the label side, working with us, they started seeing, yo, we could do this on our own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they said, yo, let's just buy, show me a camera. Mm. What's this going to cost us? Exactly. 70 probably cost like $2,000. They bought us some ring lights, things from Amazon. Yeah. $2,000 is probably like the cost of one Bro, pinky nothing. ring on like yeah. push Nothing, <laughs> nothing. So. Yeah. Probably, you know, a few babe shirts, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so here I am getting thrown in to do uh, official like Sony Records yeah. slash Star Trek, yeah. mu- uh, you know, music video. We do that. Catches the eye of uh, my friend Kenna, who was also signed to uh, Pharrell. Kenna's like, yo, how'd you do Push's video like that? I was like, yo, they bought me a 70. Shoot one for me. I got a record with Lupe Fiasco and Mike Shinoda. I was like, get out of here. He's like, yeah, dude, like, we did a record for um, Haiti. They just mm-hmm. had an earthquake. Would you be down to do a video for oh, us? I remember yeah. that video. Yeah. So I did that video oh, for free because wow, okay. I was like, yo, how can I give back? Yeah. So, you know, when you say you did that video, like what was your, so are you directing at that mm. point? Yes, we're directing now. We crew. went from behind the scenes. Yeah. Not even a crew. It was me, Phil, just me and him. And then yeah. we started having interns that were helping us out on set. We didn't know anything about the video world. Yeah. Wait, we're learning, up, Googling on. how to be. Kind of, yeah. Wait, hold up. So how, did you know how to like use a camera? Like, did you just figure that out? We figured that out on our own. Phil was oh, actually okay. better at photography. So he was kind of like the DP. Yeah. And I was the kind of like the more personality type writing treatments. Mm. So no film school. We are, we were our own film school learning in the streets. Yeah. Just throw us out in the streets. Yeah. Send us to the hood to shoot a video and we knew how to like navigate through the hood. Yeah. Not everybody did. Yeah. So mm. like 
it's just a different thing we did. Yeah. Right. Something unique. Yeah. I mean, it's just like so mind boggling because like you think like people look at your resume and it's like, oh, like what school do you, what uh, like software do you know? What cameras have you worked with? But it this was, was about so, none of that. It was about like, oh yeah, show me finding school. a lane and taking advantage. And we did fall in love with videos. And when we fell in love with videos, we said, yo, forget all this website stuff. Yeah. This is boring. Like, I think video is our lane now. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, it was funny because... And that was a smart move because nobody yeah. really cares about a website anymore, right? Nobody yeah. cared about websites. So 2008, people stopped giving a crap about website. I think Twitter and all this stuff, MySpace was dying out. Our, other, our bread and butter was doing MySpaces. Yeah, the pimping on MySpace. Yeah, so we were pimping on MySpaces. We did Pharrell's MySpace. We did... Like a lot of celebrity MySpaces, Sean, Sean, uh, Sean Paul's MySpace, everybody's MySpace. Oh, you yeah. did Sean, Sean Paul. Kingston's MySpace, everybody's MySpaces. That was by yo. Sean. We were like yeah. plotting on selling Scott Storch a million dollar MySpace. Like yo, let's yeah. oh, oh. do the first million dollar MySpace. Sean, Sean Paul paid us like seven G's to do a MySpace. That was a lot of money back then wow. for a MySpace. Yeah. Sean Paul. And yep. And Gotta little do people know, we were putting ourselves in the top ten. Mm. Oh, so that was another little so marketing yeah. No, top eight, top right? Eight. Top, top eight, eight. Top yeah, team, yeah, yeah. top ten, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, so you we guys were, are listed as a top eight on, on a lot everybody, of these. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, but going back to like the video thing, we fell in love with video. Just loving how the 7D was able to give you all this depth in the camera. And it was so cheap and expensive. Yeah. I mean, uh, not expensive at all. It was so cheap and an inexpensive route to shoot videos with no budgets. Yeah. We're to blame to like, we're kind of the people you should probably blame because labels saw that, took advantage. Mm. So we were the first of a kind to show you could get on MTV doing a video with no budget. Yeah. So we were the early, Rick Cordero and us were like the first Shout generation. To, yeah, of, so yeah. so Ryan, who's one of the, who's the manager yeah. of the space right here, he obviously worked with Rick extensively. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know Ryan. Yeah, I, I actually asked right? him, but I don't. He said he sounded familiar. Ryan I, I, gets on. Sounds so. I feel like yeah. I've, if you see spoken, his face, you definitely because he was like Rick's uh, production I, partner. That's where I know Ryan's name from, from yeah. Rick. Mm. Yeah. So Rick inspired me because um, Rick was the first guy we saw, uh, like put out like real hip hop videos for Jay Z and all these people. Yeah, digital right before us. Uh, a few years before us, we were looking at Rick to get inspired. So I was studying Rick's work. Yeah. So yo, Rick can do that it. We can do it. That was your film school. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. my film school. Rick Cordero is our film school because well, I was studying everything Rick Cordero's did. Rick Cordero's Filipino. Yeah. So that's kind of like another connection ties and yeah. tying back in, like the yeah, yeah. yeah. You know so what I mean? Watching so. Rick's work, and I remember my boy uh, was DJing, and he had a crew called Kuya Tribe, and they knew Rick really well. So one day they put me on the well, like Kuya, Kuya Tribe. Kuya Tribe was this crew out of VA. Okay. Um, Kuya means brother in uh, yeah, Tagalog. Yeah, yeah. So Kuya Tribe was this crew out of VA that we used to work closely with Chad Hugo as well, because Chad Hugo used to DJ. Yeah. A little do people know Chad Hugo used to DJ, so he used to also work with Kuya Tribe. So this is a whole like Filipino Asian connect that people don't know yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. South Asian, South, you know, Southeast Asian, Asian. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's crazy. It's a very because it's a very small community. If you knew somebody that knew Chad, they knew his cousin who was a DJ, and yeah. then you knew somebody that used to breakdance with Chad. It's just all connected somehow, yeah. you know? Right, right, it's right. kind of crazy, if you right? you know one Filipino you know created, the rest. You know the all the clan, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy, right? That's insane. So Virginia Beach, yes, was the reason why we got on, because it was the home of the Neptunes, and Queer Tribe connected me to Rick Cordero. I remember being starstruck talking to Rick Cordero on the phone the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, dude. Like, cause I look up to you so much. I remember he did a DVD with Khalees and all this stuff. So Rick Cordero was kind of our like 
film Bible. North Star. You study how he did so, it. So would you say like, you know, even if you don't go to film school, even if you don't like take this traditional course of studying like a particular uh, craft, as long as you do your Kumon, as long as like you have like a figure that you could kind of model your yes. style after. You have you could, to find a... Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Inspiration and mentor. Right. Yeah. Just kind of push you, right? Mm. And so a lot of these guys not realizing they were like mentoring us, you know, like because now we're being in the internet era, looking up to a guy like Rick Cordero, just to see that, okay, you know, he's somebody you could be, you can attain. Yeah. You know, the era of the million dollar videos were dying in the late 2000s. So now 2008, your video budgets went from being $500,000, $200,000 to now five thousand dollars, maybe one thousand dollars. So yeah. we were the guys to do the one thousand twenty five hundred dollar videos. Yeah, I mean we were lucky if we got paid. I mean yeah. we were doing free videos if we could. Yeah, you know. So we we're doing free videos, building up the portfolio that way, and then some would pay us. You know, push it to was a trade. Same model as your website. Same exact yeah. model we used in our websites to bring in the clientele. We did the same with, video. with videos. Yeah. So when Asher Roth came to town, we did a free video. Asher kicked it at my crib. We shot a video with Asher in my neighborhood. Yeah. And we just shot the video at my crib. Yeah. You know? So like that was starting to build this like self-education of doing. We were doing the DIY thing. Yeah. So, on our own. So how did you guys learn like the industry terms? You know, because there's like. oh, We the didn't line. know. We look like fools. You're like, what when they gave us a big play? budget, finally, yeah. we looked stupid as hell. <laughs> oh we didn't God. know what an AD was. I checked your assistant director was your co-director or yeah. something. Like you're looking we up didn't know all any the, of the acronyms. Terms. Yeah. We finally said, you know what? We got to start. We knew how to like deal with rappers because we knew their personalities. Yeah. Being an artist. Yeah. We knew the psychology of it. Yeah. So we knew how to get in and fit in. But like what we didn't know were the terms. So we self-educated ourselves, Wikipedia and all this stuff. Yeah. Got in the self-education finally late. Mm. We had the technical skill set that we self-taught, but we didn't know the terminology. Yeah. So thanks to Google, we learned that stuff too. Because we mm. finally knew, okay, thanks now they're throwing Google. us real budgets. We got to sound like we know what we're talking about. Right. Exactly. And then we started surrounding ourselves with people who knew more than us. So like we started hiring producers. Yeah. Finally, as the budgets got bigger. Mm. You know, like we even when we were shooting videos for Ferg and Rocky, we didn't know these terms. Yeah. What happened was I was in Virginia Beach. Yeah. The work was starting to dry out. Pharrell had moved to Miami. Pusha was like flying everywhere. And there was less music scene and I'm starting to get hopeless. I'm like, I can't be stuck in Virginia Beach all my life if I really want to make it as a director. So, so by then, like you were like, okay, I want to be a director. Now yeah. it's like 2011. I go on YouTube, find a Purple Swag video. I'm like, yo, who are these kids? Purple Swag is the first single from ASAP Rocky. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, wow. So I'm like, yo, who are these kids? Yeah. yeah. I remember waking up my brother, Tash. Tash is in the building Shout right out now. to Tash. <laughs> I woke up my brother like, yo, check out these kids. They look like they're from the South, but they're like repping all this dope fashion from New York. Like high-end Raph Simmons and all this. Like they know what's up. I feel like these guys are going to be next when yeah. I saw their videos. Yeah. So we got to get up with them somehow. My brother started like getting on Twitter mm, and hunting them down. Hunting them down. He just hits up Ferg out of nowhere. Yeah. My brother makes his first beats and hits up Ferg. And Ferg for some reason liked him. <laughs> so my brother was hey. the connect to ASAP Mob. Oh my gosh. For me. Yeah. So here I am in Virginia Beach. I'm like, yo, ASAP Mob's in New York. Whatever we gotta do, we gotta take advantage of this new crew that I feel like is gonna be the next wave. Yeah. 
So while my brother is trying to make music for ASAP, yeah. how can I get in on the video end, right? So at the time, there was a company called Karma Loop. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. those who don't know, Karma Loop was the biggest streetwear yeah. thing ever. My friend from Virginia was the one that started Karma Loop TV. So I used my Virginia Connect to get a job at Karma Loop. Karma Loop didn't know how they could fit me in yet because my friend Julian, aka Lil Internet, was oh. the founder and he was shooting everything himself already there. But he was like, you know what? If I had a guy like you to partner up, we could take shit to the next level. So, and he's like, looks like you're talking to these ASAP guys. You think we can get an ASAP Rocky video, ASAP Ferg video? I was like, I'm sure we could convince them if we just do it for free. Yeah. So we get this channel, Karma Loop TV. I finally get a salary. This is a dream job. You're getting a wow. salary to make videos yeah. every day. So what is your title? So my Head title was video? just simply like, know. yeah, director. That's yeah. what my card said, yeah, business yeah. card said. So it said director. So through my brother, we bring in ASAP to the building, mm. start meeting him. And we say, yo, you got this record work. It's fire. Let's just shoot a video for it. Yeah. Ferg and I, we break into some like schoolyard, abandoned schoolyard. Wait, we hold take up. our. So you shot the work video? The first one, not the remix. The first work video. Before wow. you assigned, we shot it for $40. Oh my God. All we spent was money on an Uber and some flour that you saw all over the video. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I the, was reason, like, the reason we had that flour is because our smoke machine didn't work. Okay, so. And I was like, yo, so, we need to have some kind of texture. So, so for the listeners, like that. You know, so work was kind of like the video that kind of made Ferg into yeah. like a viral figure. Exactly. And there's a scene in the video where there's like this girl who's a dancer. Ballerina. Ballerina. Mm. Where she's like in this construction site where yep. she's like doused in this flour, this white powder. Yeah. But it was like symbolic because the yeah. work that he was talking about. It was like, yeah. so like cocaine. Yeah. yeah, it was like cocaine. Yeah. But so honestly, that happened. Because honestly, our original vision was to have all this like smoke, smoke machine, yeah. smoke everywhere, but we had no money. Yeah. The smoke machine barely worked because we were trying to power it off of a car. Yeah. So it wasn't, so Lou, ASAP Lou was there. I'm like, Lou, here's some money. Go get some flour for us. This might actually be cool if we just use flour as yeah. texture, something yeah. interesting. It, it yeah. was a dope video because, like, my man Ferg was like brushing his teeth. Yeah, like That's he he crazy. has a kilo quiche, like yeah, you know, braiding his kilo hair. Quiche. See, we're getting the scoop right here because dude, Lana Del Rey was supposed to show up that day. Oh shit! Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, so yeah, so Iggy, everyone, Iggy Azalea showed up, but she didn't want to be on camera. Yeah, she was on the set. Yeah. yeah. So everyone is like, oh my gosh, this video has so much symbolism and so much, so much well, intention. You could, but they basically it's like, no, the smoke machine didn't work, so we used flour. Yeah. Okay. And then we like realized, oh, this looks like coke. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So I mean, you know, so for this particular video, right? Like, cause I mean, that video when it came out, like, it definitely like, cause I was a, I was at Double XL at the time. Yeah. I was an editor at the time, and then, um, I remember vividly, like, oh, like this shit is like is happening, like for this crew, like ASAP Mob is yeah. really happening. Oh, yeah. And you know, uh, Ferg really kind of became a viral figure oh, because yeah. of that video. So, with that said, though, I think since at the end of the day we are an occupation podcast yes um you said that you shot this video for like a 40 dollar budget pretty 40 dollar budget and um, now you, i'm not saying that's possible for everybody right, remember totally. keep in mind we had all the equipment for free yeah. from right. karma loop yeah right so we borrowed all the equipment but you know now, again I, to, if so you have the equipment what, I, what i'm trying to ask yeah. is like yo like what like for people that want to make a video, right? For a music video, what is like an advice that you would give in this particular instance? Because Be you were able creative. to- Be mm. creative. It's not about the tools you have because right. you could shoot it with the iPhone nowadays and iPhone's great quality nowadays. You could put a little 
you know, lens filter on your iPhone, whatever. Yeah. It's not the tools. It was never about the tools for us since the beginning. Yeah. It was never about the tools. You got to be hungry. You got to be creative. Don't go after the money. Just that, you yeah. know, just, just, if you find somebody super talented and they vibe with you, which was the situation with Ferg, yeah. we just vibed, we clicked. My brother was already making his music and he kind of, Ferg also kind of, um, admired us because he knew about my background with Star Trek. Yeah. So he was like, yo, you know, Ferg and oh. Rocky loved Star Trek. So they're like, yo, you're already somebody that was working with the clips. Yeah. So of course we trust you with the free video, you know, whatever. Yeah. So we did this video for free. Ferg was unsigned. It starts going viral. Um, at the time, Ferg and I also had uh, the Trap Lord clothing line. We were partners in together. And so we were pushing the clothing. And I remember pre-orders were going crazy. When the video came out, because we sold Trap Lord at our shop, alumni. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> sold yeah. past tense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ferg's doing a new thing now. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he's got that. some new yeah, stuff yeah. going on. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of like Trap Lord's, a, you know, one phase of his life. Now he's right, right, right. doing some new okay. stuff yeah. that you'll see. Concrete chandeliers. So, so, so you were doing a lot of different stuff. So, okay, cool. So, and then Rocky saw it and he loved it. Uh -huh. He's like, I love this work video. And then that led to me doing. Bat salt with Rocky and Ant and the Flatbush Zombies. Mm. So now all of New York's starting to pop again because New York was kind of like stale for a little bit. Yeah. In so terms 2000 of the hip hop scene, yep. 2012 was like uh, uh, the Beast Coast era. So you had Bodega Bams, you had Flatbush Zombies, Joey you had Badass, World's Fair, Joey Badass. All this uh, stuff was coming in, yeah. and I was there right in the right time, in the midst of that era, I was starting to shoot videos for all those guys. Yeah. Through Karma Loop, we did a video for Joey. Uh, through Karma Loop, we did a video with Flatbush Zombies and World's Fair. Through Karma Loop. So we used like the our side, our connections and the job, mm -hmm. took advantage and used the tools we had, the limited amount of tools we had, just got creative with it. Yeah. Just made videos that ended up being viral. That's amazing. You know? So now that... Um, we're the past Google phase where we know what a music video team looks like. So in terms of like these bare bone um, operations, yeah. what are the roles? So you're the director. Yeah, you're I'm the, the director. You're the boss of the operation. Yeah, and my wife uh, is my executive producer. Nice. So she's kind of the one's putting the budget together, yeah. cutting the checks, making the negotiations. Making shit happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, without my wife, I would still be broke, like, because I didn't know what the hell to do yeah. with money and how to manage money or how to charge yeah. people or how to negotiate. My wife was, like, really willing to, like, take that role on for me. Yeah. She said, you focus on the creative. Let me handle the money. Let's make it happen. And yeah. so we became business partners. So was your wife a producer before she met Never. you? Never. Oh. Like, my wife was, when I was at Karma Loop, she was about to go back to school for accounting, get her master's degree. Her background was in finance and English and things like that. Yeah. Um, so my my wife is also Bengali, very traditional wow. household as well. So yeah. her parents were like, so funny when we got married. Yeah. She would tell her parents, I worked at a university, oh my which God. was true. I yeah. did, but I was doing video for a university. Yeah. They could never tell them I was doing rap videos, right? Oh my god! So yeah, funny. I, so so for the two years so I was he's at, changing into yeah okay. No no go, go ahead go, go ahead. Go ahead. Now I can just imagine you like putting on your like like good Asian boy hat mm -hmm. when meeting her parents and changing back into exactly. Years. I'm like yeah yeah you know I'm at the school university yeah, yeah, exactly. for, for the two years I was little white lie for the two years I was the senior editor at Double XL. I have never brought home an issue 
a magazine, a physical magazine yeah. to my yeah. parents' house because they will flip through that shit and they will fucking flip out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh my so, God. You know how it is? It's just like yeah. very hard to explain what we do. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. now. It's even yeah. more hard to explain because everybody I mean, does everything, right? Nah, for sure. Like, Definitely. You're doing podcast radio. Yeah. You're a journalist. You're an entrepreneur. Like yeah. we want to do it all. We're in a different era. We are lucky Flash. though because our parents dealt with all the BS. Yeah. They didn't have that luxury. Yeah. You know, they had to put the hard work in mm -hmm. day and night so we could have the luxury to take that risk. Exactly. They put a roof over our head. Yeah. So we could take that risk, even if they didn't understand what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I will say that played a role too, especially for Asian kids. You know, if your parents are like not understanding what you're doing, just know they're. I mean, at least from my experience, they're always going to have a roof over your head. Yeah. And, 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 a, and a cooked meal, right? Yeah. No matter what you do, you come home, they're going to cook something for you. And that's something you. that doesn't get aggressed. And I guess that is the Asian privilege yeah. that we okay. have, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people don't talk about the Asian privilege. There is Asian privilege too, Okay. right? Asians come from a culture, whether you're brown, green, yellow, whatever. Yeah. We still have this like culture of our parents coming from the immigrant mind state of working their asses off so their kids can go to school. That's why we never want to let them down, mm -hmm. right? But then there is this a little bit of a shelter that you do get. But you also, that can hurt you because then you want to live for your parents too. Yeah. You don't want to disappoint them. Yeah. It's very complex. It is. There is a privilege, but there's a price that comes with privilege. Yeah. You have to cut that privilege off. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Right? So how did, what was your process in doing that? I know. My process was showing them I can get a check doing this. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Honestly, I that's mean, what it came down sure. to. Definitely. At yeah. the end of the day, it's about uh, self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. As long as knew, like, like, as long as you could tell, show your parents like, yo, I could like get a check doing what I do. Exactly. Um, I hate to say it, they, but that's they what can't, it is. They can't yeah. really argue. They're not going to understand the art. Yeah. They're yeah. never going to. Like, they're never going to understand Even now, like every few months, like my pops checks in is like, so... What do you do again exactly? Exactly, dude. It's never going to end. Like, what it's can like, I tell my friend? It's yeah. like, don't worry about it, yo. I bring home a check for you exactly, every month. Exactly. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. So, so don't worry about that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. So I wanted to go back to your wife. And yeah. I, mean, I feel like you have this effect on people where they're like, wait, I want to be creative too. I mean, your younger right. brother who's like an amazing like musician in his own right. And then your wife who you're like, hey, fuck accounting. Produce yeah. for me. Exactly. Like how did you... Do you just kind of instill that possibility of like you know? One Great thing I've question. always been good about, yeah, is really getting people hyped up about being around me. I guess, yeah. So that's been that. my it's, a, it's a lot of energy right yeah. now in this podcast. That's that's my strength. It's like I will. I've taken people that have no experience that's yeah. worked with me, um, and said, "Yo, man, fuck what you're doing. Follow me. Let me lead you to like this okay. other." Because yeah. I've done it before. Yeah. I, I use my past experience as an example to say, yo, we can level up now. Because yeah. now we have the clientele, the connections. Let's like get to this level. So when I was at Karma Loop TV, very unique cast of people. I had Tuan Tran. Yeah, shout out to Tuan. On lunch break. Yep. Who, so Feeks. for those who don't know. All those guys. Feeks was Bengali. Feeks was our intern. Um, so Tuan was our um, DP. Director so like a lot of people, yeah, director of photography. So Tuan came up under us and Tuan saw the hustle that we had to put. Tuan was willing to work just as hard as I was. Yeah. That's why it worked. Mm. Tuan was willing to jump over the fence oh and gosh. break the law yeah. and break into these places, study everything. Tuan reminded me of me. Mm. Here's another guy 
that will put in the hours. And yeah, his parents probably don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Tuan's brother, Ty, was the one that was designing everything for us. Yeah. So we had it all in-house. At Karma Loop, we had the illest unit. People don't, will never know. Yeah. We had the sickest crew that all became something, you know? Tuan now has On Lunch Break, which is an amazing agency. They're doing work for Reebok, Adidas, Nike, everybody. This kid came with nothing. Mm-hmm. Tuan slept next to the ATM oh from Boston because he didn't have a place to sleep to intern at Karma Loop. Wow. So when we showed our boss that, he said, we're getting this kid a job. Yeah. You know, Tuan yeah. came from Lawrence, Mass. Mm. You know, like nothing. And so like he came from that. So me and Tuan, we used to call it a war zone every time we came to shoot because we had no budgets. Mm-hmm. It was like being, it was like we were being sent out to the field. Yeah. Into war zone. Yeah. Because you know, when you have no money, it feels like a war. Yeah. But now we get budgets and we're like laughing about the fact that we could say no to a, I literally just said no to a $100,000 job. Yeah. Just because I'm like, yo, I don't feel good about it. Yeah. Tuan's able to do that now. Mm-hmm. Tuan and us came from nothing. And now self, self-teaching us and just motivating each other. We used to always hype each other up, you know? That's I was like, yo, you know how everybody's talking about it's a hot boy summer? We said that first. <laughs> when me and Tuan would have a video come out in 2013. Yeah. We said, yo, it's hot boy summer for us. Hashtag. We said that shit first. Oh, my God. All right, so hold up. So with that said, though, like, what, what, is, what would be, like, an advice for somebody that, like, yourself were, I mean, the listeners aren't familiar with Tuan, but, you know, like, if you guys are on the gram, make sure you check him out. Um, it's on lunch break. On lunch break. Yeah, he has incredible work, especially in terms of, like, lifestyle, fashion, and content. But, so. The uh, other what, advice is surrounding yourself with the right people, like Tuan. Mm. Okay. Find people that can do what you can't. So Tuan was better with the Steadicam than I was. Uh-huh. Mm. So that kid made that Ferg video look like a million dollars because the way he was gliding with that camera, yeah. I couldn't do that. I was never good at holding the camera. I had a good eye for composition yeah. and color and editing and all that. But Tuan was like... Technically. Oh, like man. He was just gliding with that camera. Yeah. So it made it look so amazing. So find people around you that does stuff better than you, mm-hmm. right? Surround yourself with people better than you, mm. always. Don't ever have it. When you have people that, you know, if somebody that's not better than you, they're, they're good as an intern, yeah, right? And they'll learn and they'll eventually outwork you yeah. if, if they're smart. Yeah. Like so many of my PAs became producers at High Snobiety, um, Complex, and all these other places. Yeah. So it makes me feel proud when I see my, my, my production assistants yeah. that were just you know, bringing the food to set mm-hmm. or carrying the equipment yeah. now are making more money than me. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's kind of cool. I feel like in like these kind of creative industries, because in like corporate America, it's kind of like, oh, the white CEO is going to like bang with, <laughs> I'm going to use your term, yeah. you know, with the kid that went to the same, uh, brought a boarding school as him, right. who looks like him, who reminds him of him. And Look, it's like there's a, a there's a new era. It used to exactly, be, you yeah. had to be in the NYU club yeah. to get in. Oh, mm. So all the kids that had the privilege yeah. of parents that said, we can put you through film school. I'm yeah. not knocking it. I would love to nah, go to film too. school. Me neither. Yeah, like, I'm not knocking any of those If you're lucky guys, enough to go to film school, hell yeah. yeah but a lot you, of us are never going to have that chance. Yeah. My but don't give are, up. My, my folks are not going to put $50,000 on the yeah. film school year, bro. They weren't going to do that. Yeah. They said, yeah, I'll trust you to get that computer science job because you can fall back on it if something didn't work out. And honestly, I knew that too. It was like, yo, if this doesn't work out, we always got computer science to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, an engineering job or, or an accounting job. Something else that, you know, is more conservative, right? Yeah. 
So no, just to kind of re repeat what you said, yo, just because you didn't go to film school, that doesn't mean that you can't become a commercial music Absolutely. video director. You know what I mean? Far from and it. And honestly, you bring something unique to the table. 1,000%. Yeah. Computer science gave me the ability to like know how to problem solve on the spot. Because mm. computer science was always about solving an algorithm and figuring it out, how to solve problems. Yeah. So my approach to directing is so different than your typical director because I'm coming from a computer how, science. How is it different? Talk to us. It's different because... I'm one of those guys that will solve problems or I'm also foreseeing issues. Yeah. Because as a computer science student, you're taught to like on paper, figure out what problems are you going to run into when you compile this software. That's true. So we're doing it on paper. So when I'm doing a video, I'm like, yo, my brain works like a producer as well. Mm. So I'm creative. I'm like a creative producer. So I'm like, yo, if we park here, there are going to be five cars. We're not going to have that space. But that's going to fuck up everything else for the shoot because then everybody's going to be in the mind state of being stressed out about this and that. Yeah. I'm a very hands-on director. Mm. Right. I like that control. I used to hire out production companies for hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they were giving me $30,000 worth of, like, mm. production. Yeah. So that's when I, me and my wife said, no, nah, we're doing it on our own. Yeah. So I produce a lot of my own stuff. Sometimes you have to because if you want your vision to come life, you got to go pick up those clothes yourself sometimes because right. nobody yeah. else is going to understand it. Totally. Like you do, you know? Yeah. That, and for me, it helped because I came from that background of marketing later on where, okay, I know what I like clothing-wise. Mm -hmm. I know what I like event-wise because I used to throw events as well. Every time you do a music video or a commercial, it's like throwing an event. Yeah. It's like throwing a party. Yeah. Or a wedding Catering together. is important. You know, the crew you surround yourself with, the security, yeah. the location, all that matters. Yeah. And On a technical world, though, wrong. location is everything. That's why you could spend zero dollars, but if you look at the Ferg video, that backdrop was so gritty and grimy. Yo, you could spend a million dollars on a set and might not look good as that background does. Yeah. Right. There are people in LA having to build sets that won't look as good as that set did. That shit looked like an Amazon jungle in there. Like, yeah. right. it was crazy. Yeah. Right, you could right. never buy that, dude. Yeah. Right, right. There are things that are just priceless. Location is everything. If we want to talk about the technical stuff, because I know I talked a lot of fake motivational yeah. type. No worries. Dude, I just I am that guy, you know? This is how I am. I've always been like that with my unit. But, you know, it's just like, Outside of the motivational stuff, location is everything. Location. Yeah. That's, that's a six ninety nine per pound gem right yeah. there. If you're a music video director, bruh, location is everything. More than the camera. It is the location. Mm. Mm. Yeah. If your backdrop is whack, and then lighting. Yes. More than the camera and the lens, lighting is everything. Mm. You know, like, so that way if you don't have the location, your lighting better be fire. Yeah. Like, if you have just a simple white backdrop, then that lighting better be dope. Yeah. Right? So location, then lighting, and then, of course, like, your, you know, all the other privileges, uh, luxuries you get. If you have a budget. Yeah. Right. But location and lighting to me is like number two, you know, one and two. One and and then, two. of course, styling. Really, as I started getting more budgets, I started realizing like, dude, nothing is more important than other when you do have the budget. Then you're like, your styling is everything. Yeah. Is this yellow shirt going to pop against this pink backdrop? You got to start. Mm. You, if you want to be a director, you got to be a stylist. You got to be an uh, art director. You got to know how props work. You have to create a world. Yeah. That's why location is so important. As a director, I have to create a world, you know? Yeah, so, so you have to be 
You have to be a worldly person in general. Exactly. And you kind of have to have a references and like many different level. things. You have yes. to have a taste level. You need and to that know a lot of different things. I was yep. around the right guys. When I was around right. Pharrell and those guys, yeah. you know, you're in the presence of Hype Williams and all these other guys. Yeah, you're so around. So you're seeing you're around amazing stuff. Expert yeah. taste level. Yeah. yeah. So, But we're so lucky now with the internet. There's so much influence all around us. Mm-hmm. And if you're in New York, the best place to be a filmmaker. Yeah. New York cops don't give a shit. <laughs> Long as you're paying for your uh, yeah. parking, yeah, you'll get a parking ticket before you get a parking ticket before you get a violation for not having a film permit. Yeah. I swear. Yeah. And then the other side of the business nobody talks about is the money side. Mm. Yo, I've seen so many directors really just not know how to manage their finances, and then they leave the business because there's not enough money. Because you gotta understand, a budget could be a hundred thousand, right? You're getting ten percent. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like good. $10,000. Dude, you're going to work on that project for, what, three months sometimes. Yeah. That 10000 spreads thin then. Yeah. So I've started a production company. I get another 15% off my production fee. Yeah. Now it's 25%. Now you're getting a quarter of the profits. So you got to be business savvy too, man. Like, it's very hard to just be a creative, like, yeah, cool dude talent. to get by. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in a position where I've diversified my investments. My dad having that accounting experience. Uh-huh. I moved to Jersey to run my production company where I have all the equipment I need stored there so I can charge a rental fee every time I'm producing a video. I own my, I own the tables that you're eating on mm. to the director's chairs to the monitors you're looking at. So, yeah, you're going to get a bill for that, too. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm invoicing. I'm giving you business shit that I usually yeah. don't want to give out. But that's my life hack. No, 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 no. That's, I that's moved to Jersey to get up income. space. Yeah. So it's like my production company. And you're investing into a property. Exactly. So you're saving off on that. Exactly. And so the money I made off of directing, I invested back in Virginia Beach. So I I bought my sixth house last month. Wow. You bought your sixth house? Damn, show me. I'm not trying to flex. I'm just (laughs) telling you you can do it. You know? I, I have like half a house, not even. <laughs> All good. Look, look, you, look, you bought your six. Yo, I mean, because I'm know, on the real know, estate side. I, I know the, the real estate, estate cost is cheaper over there, but oh, that's god why. damn. That's so this is what I did. Mm. When I first was making money, I was very frugal. I was living in Jackson Heights, me and my wife, one shout bedroom apartment. To, shout out to Jackson wow. Heights. Yo, that's Jackson the foundation. Heights. That's where I grew up. Word. I didn't know that. Queens yeah, man. Yo, yeah, Queens. Queens. I love Queens. Queens all day. Okay. So my, my, the other thing is, dude, you got to be financially savvy savvy too to be making in this creative mm-hmm. business because people get burnt out because they get burnt out so much financially. People get done to- dirty so many times financially. They said, yo, I don't want to do this. I'm going to, oh, I've seen so many people take that nine to five, which is great. I love a nine to five. My best friend Phillip's in the nine to five. Yeah. He couldn't really he deal with work. the stresses of the ups and downs. Yeah. It took me a lot of losses too. You know, you only hear the good stuff. I lost thousands and thousands of, I took so many L's, like thousands and thousands of dollars uh-huh. before I got to this level where yeah. I could finally say, hey man, I can be at a position where I can say no to a $100,000 job. Yeah. I think I kind of do want to touch upon, um, kind of go back into the point about how you got to work with Will and you grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So yeah. and, the Will thing. And I kind of definitely want to touch upon yeah. Will just because, you know, like, yo, all these rappers... Obviously, I'm a big fan of everybody that you mentioned. These are, but Will is like, like yo, very that's hot, mainstream. dude. Not so, even that. He's just like a fucking. He he's going into yeah. history books. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, to make it clear, the way we work with Will was more on a consulting basis. Got you. So, um, I did a music video for his son, Jaden Smith, 
called Watch Me. So mm. that's how I met Will. Got you. So the first time I met Jaden was at Will's, um, what's that company? Westbrook? At his yeah, Westbrook yeah, yeah. offices. And right. my producer jokes around, what if Will shows up? I'm like, yeah, right. He's not going to show up. Right. Bro, like, I don't get starstruck easily because being around all this stuff. Will showed up. And Will's like, dude, thank you for helping Jaden. <laughs> and Will is the nicest human being you'll ever meet. Mm. So then months went by. We did a video for Jaden. It came out. Will um, like, was like, yo, I love this video. And so Will's manager hit me up. Said, yo, Will loves this video. He's going to call you from some unknown number. Mm. And so I'm like, wow, this is oh, not like real like Hollywood. Yeah. Director. <laughs> right? So, Hollywood level shit. So, so Will calls shit. me up. Okay. He's like, Will, Will calls me up. He's like, hey, it's Will. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm like, Will, I'm not going to lie, dude. I learned English because of you. And I just started mm. telling my whole life story out of nowhere before we even got to it. Will's like, well, yo, you want to fly out to Miami like in a few days? Yo, is this a joke? Like he literally asked you, you want to fly out to Miami? Yeah. He's like, yo, you want to fly out to Miami? Am I, am I PJ? I'm going to send you a PJ. Yo, I wish, but we still flew out there and he freaking <laughs> put me in this amazing hotel. Wow. So Will's like, yo, we just want to talk. want to consult. Like, amazing. Me getting to consult Will Smith? Uh, yeah. That is I'll crazy. Do it. Yeah. So, so what, what was consulting? like? Consulting what would you consult? on this one was like really figuring out where um, he needs to head social media wise, oh. marketing wise, video yeah. wise, what we could do. So we were just talking about the look. Yeah. We were talking about the lighting even. We yeah. were talking about how to market it. So Will was playing me a bunch of music. And, you know, and then Will's like, yo, show me, like, here are the records. What do you think? How should I approach this? So being that I consulted on that, I can't really go into details of what we of talked course. about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got to consult for Will. That was amazing. That's so crazy. And then we talked about future music videos that we're going to do. Will's one of those guys, he doesn't have to re release music if he doesn't want to. But yeah. we talked about a lot of cool ideas, mm. basically. I mean, dude, you can collect a bag now just consulting people. How yeah. crazy. Just for talking to people now. Seriously. Yeah, but I they're mean, paying for I your mean, time and but, your but, creativity. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, and like, I never thought that would happen. Yeah. Nah, but, Me getting flown out. Yeah. But you, I, yo, as you should, bro, because yo, like, there's a whole industry of people in the finance sector that are yeah. consultants straight exactly. out of fucking college that exactly. never had any real life experience. You have like decade plus of experience right. dealing with top A right. talents. Of course, you right. should get paid for that. Right. You know what and I mean? so that's another thing that it's only right. I want to mentor and consult, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's great. I want to find other like people. That you so, could groom and you exactly. could support. You like know the I mean? next phase is for our production company, we're going to have a roster of directors that are younger than me. Mm. And they'll probably take over the music video side while I can focus on writing a script and telling my story. Yeah. yeah. And then exactly. the big screen. And then you, you know, get a commission a whenever these guys yeah. bring exactly. in a job. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. That's, what I That's how it should be. Yeah. So one thing that a lot of our guests have in common and we try to be intentional about you know, selecting them is that they tend to be the underrepresented in their industry or field. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, like an uh, Asian American physical therapist who's like right. a trainer, who's like training other trainers, for mm -hmm. example, or a chef. And I think for you, like, what is your demographic in terms of like people who work behind the camera? Like, did you ever feel like, hey, I'm the only brown person here? Or it used to it, feel like that. Yeah. It used to be like I was the only brown person showing up to record label meetings. Yeah. Now, like, just this summer, as my brother's, you know, applying for like an AR position. Yeah. I'm like, it's Five like Asian dudes in this office. Yeah, totally, which is it's completely totally, different the, the now. The scene is definitely that are evolving. like now the guys that decide your fate oh, like, behind wow. the scenes. Like, oh. like two brown dudes on the analytics side of the music now. Oh. Right, right, right. So you're still using your yeah, you know, finance degrees and Background. all that. 
analytics, mathematical shit that you were like not into, mm-hmm. now those are the guys. Yeah, now one thousand percent. Wow, you know, crazy. so like yeah, there's one of our friends, Atri. He's in Sony. He's looking at the numbers, yeah. studying the analytics. Do you know Dharmic? Of course I know Dharmic. Of course, the Brown yeah, Connections. Of course. So is it kind of like they're measuring and Dharmic's like- Dharmic's there yeah. at Alamo Records. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm seeing, yeah. you know, yeah. what Asian folks in this crunching? business. What, what numbers are they crunching? Like how many followers these artists so have? So she's, she's actually an yeah. analyst herself. Exactly. So. Like you know, looking yeah. at viral, like, they're, oh. They're looking at like- Watch time. Where likes. is this coming from? Watch time, retention, right? Yeah, who shared it? Who like, shared oh, it? this person shared who, it. Mm. The gender, like- because at the end of the day, we're coming into an era where AI is taking over. Mm-hmm. So our only source of income, unfortunately, is all coming through ads, right? Yeah. A music video now gets paid because of the ads. Yeah. Really. Because if you think about it, a lot of people are listening to it on Spotify. Yeah. Music business is making money again. Billions, actually. They're all making money off of streaming now. Streaming is either through subscribership or ads. Mm-hmm. So you have to know the math behind yeah. that. Yeah. So look, you can use your college degree now or your street smarts and get into this industry and fit in. There's a position for everything. Yeah. There's a position for the guy that's good with numbers. Mm. There's a position for the guy that's creative. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can fill both. 1,000. 1000%. Um yo, now that's actually I'm I'm very glad that you mentioned that because yeah. you know, I was just on a call with this lady um about some startup idea that she was talking about and then um she came from a, a big corporate companies and for the 30 minutes all we talked about is numbers mm-hmm. about like yeah. wh- you know, like how is Asian Americans consuming content and like what are some voids that like a net like a platform like Netflix, for instance, yeah. they say that Asian Americans have like the highest percentage of subscriptions. Yep. But in terms of like what exactly they're watching, because there isn't like a way for a, a user to say I'm Asian. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. it, there, it's all assumptions. Yeah, it's yeah. all assumptions. Like by, oh, your last name is Cho, so you got to be Asian. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like, that's, that's probably kinda, the best way for them at yeah, least. Yeah, so that's why these niche media companies are popping up more and more oh, because yeah. they could harbor their own unique uh, consumer base. So, yeah. you know, like famously like ADA Rising because every, exactly. the reason why everybody wants to go to them is because, yo, you're like the only niche Asian cool company. You know what I mean? Also understand there's a whole new market of consumers coming because we're on the internet. Yeah. And because now we have such easy way of coming to this country and stuff, all the consumers are coming from India and China. Yeah. 1,000%. And South Korea and these places. Yeah. They are finally seeing money. Yeah. And they're spending it. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole new demographic. Totally. Like, there's a new market that's now yeah, there. And you got to understand, what are the numbers behind them? A billion plus. Crazy. It's yeah. a billion yeah. Indians. There's a billion people yeah. just in China alone, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for the, sure. One of the number one YouTube channels is like the Bollywood channel. Yes, T-Series, T-series. which I did a video for. You did? I oh did a video God, for this artist, Dilja Dosanjh, who's like the Drake of India. Nice. And I'm actually bringing him to Harlem next. We're going to oh. do something with Dapper Dan, hopefully. So, oh, dude, there's this whole new market. We're Going taking over your YouTube. Roots. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're taking over YouTube. Yeah, I'm trying to get into that Bollywood wave. Bro, Seriously. I'm telling you, my goal, yeah. I'm going to fuse. I'm going to fuse. I'm going to bridge that gap. Yes. Between hip-hop and Bollywood. Yeah, hip-hop Make that and happen, Bollywood. Man. It hasn't happened since Bengali also, MC. Also, Punjabi MC, not Bengali MC. Punjabi MC. We're in a now new era of new guys growing up where 
South Asia, East Asia is also connecting now. Yes. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Because they're doing business together. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm from Bangladesh. The, it's funny now because the Chinese are coming to outsource us. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're cheaper. Nah, whoa, whoa. You know what I'm whoa, saying? Whoa. So my cousin, you know, he does all the textiles and does denim for like all these major brands. Oh. The Chinese do business yeah, over there. Yeah, They're opening Bangladesh. up shop over yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, so all the factories it's a, it's a, are moving to Bangladesh yeah, and Vietnam and you know, all and that. You know, and going yeah. back to video, it's the same thing, bro. Um, I'm getting flown out to go to South Korea. Yeah. They have South Korean directors that are amazing, which yeah. is funny because I look at K-pop videos to inspire me to do pop videos. Right, yeah. right, right, right. You know? I mean, what would you say separates your work and your music videos? Like, when you watch a video, it's like, you know that's a show-me video. Like, what are some mm, elements? Lately, that's a great question. I think yeah, it's great question. what I said. Yeah. Hype Williams meets Wong Kong, 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 you know, Wong Kong, uh, Wong Kong, uh, Wong Wei, Kong Wai, yeah, yeah. you know? So, like, it's the Asian fusion. Yes. With the hip hop. Mm. So you've got like me growing up as this brown dude with the kind of food and the yeah. textures and the colors I saw. Yeah. So my videos, if you notice, are very vibrant. Mm. I come from a very vibrant culture. Yeah. I love colors. Yes. You know, I've got a very few videos that are black and white. Like the Wu-Tang thing was a mixture of black and white. And then when we went to Chinatown for the Wu-Tang doc, it was all in color. Mm. Right. So, yes, colorful vibrancy yeah. is, like, my style. Mm. Um, and at one point, it was very trippy and abstract. Like, with ASAP, we started that whole wave of, like, the trippy videos of uh. the crazy glitches oh. and, like, the data moshing. And you saw it to another level when yeah. we did Itchy My Remix. Right, right, right. Super trippy. That's kind of your comp side coming in. Yeah, exactly. The glitches. We were, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Mm. You know? like It all connects. Like, I was always fascinated by computer glitches and things like that. We were early, you know? Yeah, that shit is like, that's, everybody does that now. Everybody does that now. And we did it in like early 2000s. Mm. Right. And now, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to take credit for it. I love that people are in, inspired by it. But, you know, we did it first with, um, you know, Lupe Fiasco, which was a little weird stuff that we were doing with them. And then we were doing it with uh, the clips a little bit, but we took it to another level with Rocky. Like when we started working with Ferg and Rocky, our videos were super trippy. Yamborghini High. Yeah, yeah Super for colorful, sure. super trippy. That's our video. You right, know, right, I directed right. that with Rocky. So a lot of colors, a, a lot, lot of colors, styles, and a lot of abstract. Yeah, for worlds. sure. So that's, Got you. That's my main thing, you know? So like, and then like I said, the Asian influence you'll see too, because like, even when I did Mark Ronson's video for I Can't Lose, mm. uh -huh. um, we shot that in Chinatown. Mm. Mark Ronson video. And Mark loves, like, that aesthetic. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, and somebody else that, a modern director that influences me is Warren Fu. Mm. Mm. Fucking amazing. You know, Warren did uh, um, Mark Ronson, uh, Daft Punk. Right. So he's another Asian-American that's, like, killing it. Mm -hmm. You know, in the music video side. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You know? So Warren Fu is one of my favorites. Um, I recently like said something and he like liked it, which was amazing on right, Instagram. Right. Dude, I still get stoked by my peers and That's like so these people acknowledging me, right? Right, right, right. You know, I, I, you got to stay hungry and young, you know, in spirit. So mm -hmm. like, I think that's the thing. You To go back to what keeps you excited, be excited about what you haven't done yet. Right. Yeah. 
You know, I'm just getting in the commercial market. Right. Yeah. The commercial bag is where it's at. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yo, they're like five times more the budget of a music video. Totally. But you, the music video is what keeps you cool. Yeah. So, Whereas and hip the, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, doing a State Farm commercial might not be the coolest yeah, shit, but exactly. I'm sure the bag oh, is the righteous. the bag is crazy, bro. Like, You're going to yeah. start seeing glitches on the State Farm video. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, when we did the New York Knicks commercial recently, like, that helped pay off one of our houses. Nice. Word. No brag, but it did. Wow. But it took a lot of work there. It's a lot of not getting paid. Yo, with all the money we're talking about, it was a lot of nights of not sleeping, parents doubting you. Mm. You sure this is what you want to do? You got to deal with a lot of doubt, a lot of self-doubt too. I'm like, hey, am I doing the wrong thing? Totally. Yeah. My cousin's here like, it took a good analyst job. Mm. My cousin over there has got a lawyer job at International Law doing contracts, making so much money that I'm not making. Yeah. You know, another thing people don't realize is, dude, like, you got to understand, like, when you're brought up in the Asian culture, you're also brought up in a culture of dealing with aunties. Yeah. Where you're going to that family party. Yeah. And they're like, asking, what are you what doing this year? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we did something with Beyonce that my parents could brag. And, uh... Something more like of but, a, you, but you know the thing with the Beyonce is that yeah. yo, like that's a household name. That shit is a household name. But then also like maybe like a few months later they're gonna ask you again, like, okay, so how much you actually made from that exactly, shit? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so you money know? always comes in in the money end. Comes yeah, in, dude. Yeah. I hate to say it, but you know, it's finally when they start seeing that you're successful mm-hmm. that you know. And when you start doing those Bollywood videos, hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. I did a Bollywood video for uh, this guy named Shah Rukh Khan. So for those who oh don't my know, God. so you know yes. Shah Rukh Khan. So, SRK. SRK. So SRK is the okay. SRK is the Will Shout Smith and like, Thompson. No, like times ten. Times ten. Mm. So he's internationally big, in oh Asia, yeah. or in even Middle East or yeah. Africa. You f- see, Americans forget. Like we you have did a our, video like, for SRK. I did That's a video for SRK insane. with wow. Diplo. <laughs> oh wow. my God! So all the aunties were like, Yo, yeah, dude. My family in Bangladesh went crazy. Holy shit. The photo I have with SRK and my wife and Diplo together ended up spreading on every like news outlet in Bangladesh. Wow. So funny. And they were all, all my cousins were bragging. That's my cousin with SRK. Oh my God. That was great. Because I was actually so tired when that video opportunity came. I was ready to say no to my wife. Uh Say SRK. (laughs) Now my wife grew up in Bangladesh most of her life. She grew up idolizing SRK. She had posters of him when she was like five. Uh Uh-huh. The only time I saw her get starstruck was the SRK video. Nice. Yeah, man, it's a lot. We could talk forever, but I'm just, like, humbled by it all. I'm grateful that you guys are giving me a platform to be able to speak. Oh, my gosh, no work. You know, it's wonderful. Yo, man, this show was mad fun. I mean, listen, I'm sure, like, after we're, um, you know, wrap this up, like, I'm sure people are going to go back and check out your work. We have to put in so many links. Yeah, you know, they're going to go check out your work. But for um, those of us that like might want to like kind of see, I know it's, it, they're all your babies. You know what I mean? All your music videos, all the projects you've done. They're the your ones babies. that'll stand out. That you yeah, want to check out my work. Yeah, yeah. Like if you check could like out, list maybe like three, three Check to out four. ASAP Mobs, Yamborghini High. Mm. Um, check out Belly and Weekend video I did called Might Not. Mm. Um, what else? There's so much. I'm sure. Oh, check out ASAP Ferg and Future video I did called New Level. Mm. Yeah. So those three are like some of my personal favorites. That. Those are like the ones that you're yeah, just like, yo, yeah. these are like my And then most recently joints. I did a video for um, uh, Ava Max called Sweet But Psycho, which we're about to hit 400 million views on. Mm. And then one more, one more. One more. I know yes. we said three. One more. Uh, Ric Flair Drip. I did the Ric Flair Drip video. Ooh. So that one was like 
about to hit, uh, it just hit 300 million, so. Oh, that's that's kind of sick that you were able to actually get Ric Flair in the video. Yes, dude, we had to wait till he was like able to, you know, he was sick for a little bit. Oh, mm. And I said, I don't want to do a video called Ric Flair Drip without Ric Flair. Yeah. So when he got, you know, back in I good shape, him. dude, it was so fun. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, we got some homework for our listeners. Yeah, nah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm. if anything, I, I, I've seen all the videos that you Appreciate listed, it. but now that I, you know, spoke with you for like the last two hours, I think I'm going to go back and check it out. Yeah. Definitely going to check out the SRK video. Um, trying to like get myself into more Bollywood and um, yeah, it's a whole other you know, market, South, bro. So South, South Asian culture. Yeah. Um, so with that said, though, um, these are like two questions that we ask all of our guests. Yes. Um, I'm gonna start it off with the sure. first question. Um, what is like the most significant relationship in your life? I would say the most significant. Can I have two significant? Of course. Okay. Of course. So. Two significant relationships. One, and I'm not just saying this because my wife's going to be listening, is my wife. Because like I said before, she's also your business partner. Yeah, she's my business partner. Producer. And she's willing to play the bad cop when I'm, you know, trying to be the good cop. And she has my best interest. She's the one who gave me the courage to leave the nine to five. Like I was working at the fader and I was getting tired of the nine to five hustle. It was still creative, but I got tired and it was mentally and physically making me sick to work. Yeah. Nonstop, you know, for somebody else. Yeah. And my wife was the one who said, you know what? You go ahead and like, let's do this like our own thing. Yeah. So that was the most significant relationship because if I was still stuck in a nine to five, I probably wouldn't do what I'm doing or have the portfolio that I have now. You know, thousand percent. So my wife, because she looks out for my well-being, health, financial, business, creativity, everything. Yeah. And then, um, second, I would say. And this is not a person that I even get to speak to that much. Probably have spoken to maybe 25 times in my life. Yeah. It's Pharrell because of the inspiration. Really Pharrell and Chad yeah. as a duo. Yeah. Because the inspiration they gave me. Mm. And they, I don't know how much they realized that, you know? And I, I, I tell them every time I do see them. So like I, we were recently in um, LA at Conway Studios when Pharrell was playing us the stuff he was doing for Lion King and the new Ferg album that they're working yeah. on. And I told Pharrell again, like, bro, you changed my life. You know, because when I had to come to New York to get that job at Karma Loop, Pharrell's the one who texted the CEO of Karma Loop and said, hire show me, he's a good dude. Wow. And then when I left Karma Loop, went to the fader, he texted Rob Stone, hire show me, he's a the good biggest dude. Biggest co-sign you can Biggest co you know, what other co-sign can you get out of yeah. Pharrell? And it's not like I see Pharrell every day, Yeah. but the 25 times we've interacted. Because, oh, you've been counting too. Yeah. The mathematics, yo, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, we do a lot of work together just because of the people that he, yeah. you know, he works with. Work. So he gets to see it, yeah. you know, and the cosign of Pharrell, like, man, not only was it life-changing, and it really, his mom changed my life because when I couldn't oh, speak yeah, English that well, yeah. she was the one that, like, taught you English. Taught me English. No, like, literally my first honor roll was Pharrell's mom, and I don't even know if, the, if I was deserving of it. Yeah. But literally, my dad was so you. happy, kissed me on the forehead and said, oh son, you God. can do it. Yeah. She was the one that said I could do it. Yo, Mrs. So Williams. thank you, Miss Williams. Yes, shouts to her. Wow. You know how funny is it going back that she inspired me as well. That's, that's huge, so man. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. Uh, yeah. well, Played a significant role. Yeah. No, these are really good examples. Another question that we like to ask all of our guests is, what's your personal mantra? Okay, one of them I, I took from, um, and it sounds like a little shallow. It's cool to be cool, but it's not cool to be broke. Mm -hmm. And I say that because one of my mentors in the fashion world 
when we were trying to launch clothing lines, it's like a lot of people are so caught up in getting the clout and being cool yeah. that they pass up on opportunities yeah. to make bread. To make bread, right? Yeah. But bro, sometimes there's more money in like doing something you don't exactly like doing that might not be as cool, but you gotta do those things too. So yeah. I so say, I tell, a, I tell yeah. people, yo, don't ever be too cool to do something. So I nah, say, 1, it's cool don't, to be cool, but it ain't cool to be broke. Yeah. Don't, yo, that, thank you for saying that, man. Cause there's yeah. so many motherfuckers out there that's broke right now. You know what I mean? That's just that's like That's already two, saying no to projects. Yeah, that's already yeah. saying no. And I'm just like, motherfucker, like, yo, fuck out of here, man. You know what I'm or saying? Or too busy looking cool on the gram and spending all their money and yeah. not really investing in their career. Mm. Exactly. So you can look at it multiple ways. Yeah. Right? You're cool now. You look cool on the gram, you know? But when you run out of those funds and you didn't invest into your business or your personal self, now where are you at, you know? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. So, I was never too cool to get Pusha T, the burn CDs, and and buy them whatever they needed, whether it was like, yo, literally, like I remember Philip taking photos of uh, my best friend Philip Lee taking photos of Malice's dogs <laughs> one time because yeah. he wanted to like take photos of his dogs. Yeah, we just did it. Yeah, you know, might not be the coolest thing. Putting just as much as passion in it. Yo, as you gotta put else. passion behind. So yeah. yeah, man, it's cool to be cool, but it ain't cool to be broke. Nice. That's dope. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, it's just like. You know, you have to have a certain level of naiveness to even be here. Audacity. I never thought I'd be here. I, I would never even thought people would be care cool, and, you know, to give me a platform to even speak and tell my story. You right, know, right, right. you have to be somewhat naive to chase your dreams. So, like, never, never be too shy or, you know, yeah. too, too like jaded. Feel, too jaded. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, man. People get jaded so easily. Yeah, I'm I like, think, yo, yeah. don't I get so jaded. Many people who like write them off on something they haven't even tried. Exactly. Because Dude, yeah. I, if you had told me like years ago, like, yeah, one day you're going to be like filming with Mariah Carey and Will Smith and Beyonce, I would have laughed. Yeah. Yeah. Now this stuff's happening. Like, so on that note, man, um, once again, I'd like to thank Show Me for joining us. Um, thank you. Yeah, for sure. So you many could, gems. 1,000. Thank you. 1,000. You. you could find him at Show Me. Uh, can you say your last name again? P-A-T-W-A-R-Y Patwari. So at Show Me Patwari, that's my Instagram Twitter. and Twitter. Yeah. And, and then my website is Elusive Media. Elusive Media. I-L-L-U-S-I-V-E and the word media. I-L-L-U-S-I-V-E Media. Yeah, man. Make sure you check out his work. And also, if you're like a young up and coming filmmaker. Hit me up. I'm looking for PAs. He's always looking for PAs. Never too cool to, you know, never too cool to take on gigs, man. I got a whole bunch of young cats, man, always hitting me up like, yo. Please hit me up. I love, like, uh, uh, you know finding saying? new talent. So I'm always willing to, uh, you know what I mean? Show me's always looking for new talent. And um, Jojo, where can we find our podcast? Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor. We're everywhere. So everywhere. just look us up. Six ninety nine per pound. So on that note, there's another episode. Thank you, Show Me, for Thank you so much Thank for having you, Show Me. Yeah. All right, y'all. Six ninety nine per pound podcast. We out. We out. Peace, 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 peace. Bong, bong. Hey, yo, it's six ninety nine per pound. Podcast. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs>